welcome to the podcast. Jyoti is missing this week because she had some, um, she had like family issues, which happens, it's life. So I'm so happy to have you guest hosting with me. I'm so happy to be here. Um, Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience a little bit for people that don't know who you are? My name is Karishma Patel. I um, am an influencer from KP Fitstyle. That's my Instagram handle. I own my own business, and that's called Be Kind Fit. I'm also a content creator, and yeah, I'm just here to share self-love and give some health and wellness tips. Yeah, you do it all. I try to. (laughs) So I wanted you on the podcast because my friend actually showed me your profile and I just loved everything that you stood for and you're truly like a a brown queen, so to speak. So how did you even, yeah, how did you even begin, like, what made you want to start your company um, and be like all about self-love and like loving all body types and like representation in the fitness world like what led you down that path well five years ago I started my fitness account just sharing my fitness journey I had gained a lot of weight and I wasn't used to it and I was learning to accept my body and when I started sharing my journey on Instagram a lot of young brown girls started reaching out to me and saying how much they appreciate my honesty. And I, I, I didn't even know. I, I was just doing it for fun. Yeah. And then the months go by, more people joined. I was so nervous because I was sharing, you know, personal pictures and my, my, belly's, my belly was out and everything. So I was so nervous, but it really helped other women and other young girls say, because of you, I finally can see my body for what it is, not hate it. And I know in the Indian community, we have so much pressure to look a certain way. And I've never, I've never been that standard Indian, what they want us to be. I've always had tattoos. I colored my hair. I've, you know, I, I never wanted to be the societal standard of beauty because it's not, beauty is so different for everyone. It does not mean you have to be skinny, long hair, dark hair, fair skin. Literally. Such bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to No, cuss. yeah, you can cuss because all the time. Yeah, okay. it's like forget I, about societal standards in, like yeah. it's already hard being a woman in society, but like then you add the Indian community and it's like oh, a hundred times harder. I, oh my God, I couldn't. And especially with like, uh, even like weight and just like the way you look for some reason in the Indian community, I don't even know how this started or the Brown community. Like people are so comfortable, like criticizing you even more so than just like, like, yeah, they have no shame in what they say. Yeah. So I was like, fine. If they don't have any shame in what they say, why do I have to have shame in what I say? So I started just sharing everything. I was sharing like, you don't need to be skinny. You don't need to be like, literally your size does not define your beauty. So that was my whole thing. And I started that and more and more people loved it. And it gave me more of a voice when I saw more individuals reaching out to me. It was, it was truly empowering. And then I started my business during quarantine. I didn't even, it was literally right before quarantine and then COVID hit. How amazing. (laughs) And it was just, I always wanted to uh, start a company where I can spread kindness or something that's positive with building or accessories because 
just in this cruel world, it is so important to be kind, not just to others, but to yourself. It's, it's hard being in this world already. I like what you said about how like uh, when you started, you started getting messages and then you just wanted to keep going. Like I feel like it's so addicting when you feel like you're impacting people in a positive way. And it definitely does. Like, even if it's just one person, it makes you feel like, well, at least I'm putting good out into the world. I I literally, that was my entire thought process. I know people do, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not making any big of a difference. But for me, it was always, if I made one person feel differently about themselves and made them love themselves, then I did my job right. I did exactly what I wanted to do. Because it's already so hard for women. And then on top of that, being a brown woman, it's so hard. So that was my end goal. And I'm just happy to be able to do that for other people. Yeah. I mean, self-love is so hard in general, but especially when you're part of like certain communities that make it even harder or even like being in this country and like part of a different culture, like you're forced to like feel like you need to look a certain way or you're not pretty. Like it's almost like ingrained in you. So it's so hard to be like, well, even if I don't look like that, I am pretty. Or even if I don't have that body or that hair, or that skin tone or whatever. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, yeah. I think it's so sad that so many women, women can't find that love, but that's why we're here to help them find that love within them because they deserve it. You, yes. You're not selfish for loving you. Literally. I know you live your life for you and no one else like period. <laughs> I know. I say that all the time. Cause I'm just like, honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like you literally can't do things to conform to like a certain community because you're going to have to live and die with who you are. Exactly. Were there points where you struggled with it? And then like you finally found it or like how did you find it was it because of fitness that like you started to love yourself or like did that help or what was it so fitness helped a little bit but I had started therapy so when I was starting therapy my therapist had told me like you know you should document your progress your journey and that's how my Instagram started and I still go to therapy because I think it's very important to keep. Yes. Huge proponent of therapy over here. <laughs> oh, yes. I love therapy. Um, so I have to give it to my therapist. He helped me so much to understand that um, our culture doesn't define us. Our society doesn't define us. And he helped me realize like whatever I'm feeling, it's a lot of childhood trauma. And if we don't deal with our childhood trauma, we will never overcome our issues. And so it was, it was a huge struggle. I'm still struggling, but I give myself, yeah, I give myself grace and I'm gentle. Like I, if there's a bad day, I, it's okay. It's okay to have a bad day. That's for sure. Wait, that's so awesome that therapy has helped you so much. Um, because Jyoti and me like always talk about like therapy and, um, We even had a therapist on our podcast like a couple episodes ago, but did you like click with the first therapist you had? Like, tell me about finding a therapist and like what that whole process was like for you or even getting into therapy. Oh yeah. I was like, so I had gone through really bad depression and I have really bad anxiety, but when I was searching for a therapist, I just went, I went on Google. I was in college. I went on Google and I was just searching for the best therapist. And then I saw one and literally he called me and we hit it off. And it really helped that he was, he's a Brown person, not oh, a, yeah. I, someone I who understands that. culture. 
It's yes. so important. It's yes. so important to find that. And that's how I just hit it off with my therapist. You're so lucky that you hit it off with the first one because I hear so I many horror stories of people that like go through like four or five. Yes, I am truly grateful for that. And I also am grateful because I'm like in Long Beach area. I was in Long Beach area. So, you know, there's more co- people of color there. <laughs> so- yeah. Oh, that's where Jyoti just moved to. Oh, nice. I watched this viral TikTok of like people saying like the one thing their therapist told them that's like a gem. Like, what would you say is something that you've learned from therapy that like if you could give advice to anybody? One thing. Oh, my God. I live by it every day. Um, Embrace the suck. Because if you don't embrace the suck, then you won't be able to embrace all the good that comes with it. So that was one thing I live by. Like, yeah, it's going to suck sometimes, but life wasn't meant to be perfect. You have to embrace what, what kind of things are thrown at you so that better things can come. That is so true. I love that. Um, let's talk about your relationship, though, because on this podcast, we are struggle buses with our relationships, and you're engaged, right? Yes. Okay. So how did you find him? And what, how did you know he was the one? Tell me everything. Okay, this is going to sound super cliche, but we, so we met at um, an AHOA convention. It's a hotel convention um, okay. three years ago in Washington, D.C. <laughs> I met my fiance at the bar. We, I, it was during the day, so he was just chilling there. I went to go meet some friends and then he was being nosy and he turned around and he was like, can I see a picture of your dog? Cause I was talking about my dog to someone. And then l- literally right when he looked at me, <laughs> this is so cliche, but it, it you knew. Like, yeah. And we started talking and we could not stop talking to each other for the, those 45 minutes. We just kept going and going. It was like electrifying. It was so insane. And then I went upstairs, I changed into my gala clothes, and then we met again later. And since then, we haven't stopped talking. That's so interesting. What was oh, your dating then, What was your dr- dating journey like before him? Oof. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, we attract what we've been around for so long. And so I would always attract people yes. that would treat shit, basically. And with therapy, I learned that I don't deserve that. And so when I, when I went through all those bad apples and found the one, I was like, holy shit, I actually deserve love. So it wasn't, it wasn't easy getting to that point, but I think I had to jump through all that shit to get to him. So I'm thankful. Yeah, 100% all the bad ones lead, lead you to the good one, or I'd like to believe because I'm well, still I, on my- I, I will tell you, it, it happens. The more you work on you, the more... Um, you, the universe will throw better sh- stuff at you. That's for sure. By the way, huge green flag that he asked about your dog. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I love was, like, that. Right away interested. I was like, damn, he knew exactly how to get me. I know. But, I oh, love my dog. Another, oh, I love dogs. Uh, another thing was he, we both met in DC. I was from California and he was from Texas. And he was like, oh, where do you live? And I was like, I'm in California. But I'm moving to Texas in a few weeks because I have a job there. And he's like, no way. I'm from Texas. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Okay, yeah, that's like fate. <laughs> it was. And I didn't believe in fate till that moment. And then 
I moved to Dallas. He's from Austin. And then six months later, after my apprenticeship was over, he asked me to move in with him. And I just moved in with him without even telling my parents. I just did it. Wait, how long till you moved in with him? Six months. <gasps> That's really soon. Especially I know. Indian. Is he Indian too? Yes, he is. That's the crazy part. He's Indian too. That's super interesting. Did you, um, like when you were dating and stuff, did you say that you wanted to like date and marry somebody that was Indian or did you not care? I, I never had um, an issue with who I was going to marry or who I wanted to date. I, I, I love everyone for their soul. Yeah. And, but my parents, obviously, brown parents, they yes. wanted to be an Indian. And I didn't care. I was honestly thrown off by Indian guys because they were like the worst because I had dated so many. The worst. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I don't know, life threw him at me and I was like, holy shit, is he even Indian? <laughs> That's amazing. When did you guys get engaged? Like how soon, how long after you were dating? A year and a half after. A year and a half. Wow. Yep. So are you planning a wedding right now? Yeah. So we've been engaged for two years now. And currently in the process of planning a wedding, but with COVID, it's just stressful. Yeah, I can imagine. Did you like delay it because of COVID? No. So we, uh, we, right after we got engaged, I had told my parents and I told his parents, I want to have a long engagement. I want to get to know Shay more and they were okay with it. They actually we're on board with that. I was surprised. So it's probably because they were like, oh, well, she's already got the ring, whatever. We don't have to worry anymore. Exactly. Exactly. And so it just worked out. So that's, I, I also wanted a long engagement to say like, to enjoy the process. I hate yeah. when, when you get married and then right away, six months in, people are like married. And I, I understand why, because in our culture, they don't allow people to live together, but we were the exception because we really don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> we just did it. I was like, how long am I going to keep waiting around for someone? I mean, for my parents to tell me what to do, I have to do what, what serves me. A hundred percent. Is he like, like-minded like you in that way where like he um, kind of is like, you know, does what he wants regardless of like what other people say? Oh Yeah. That's why we clicked so well. That's why we live together now. That's why we have a house together now. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's, it's really awesome that we're both on the same page about things. And I'm, since I went through therapy, I am like a therapist to him. I'm like, we need to talk about things. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am like that too. And I try not to be too annoying. Like me and my best friend um, always talk about this. Like we're like, are we too like psychoanalytical? Because sometimes we'll be like talking about issues and we'll be like, I wonder what childhood trauma that stems from oh and gosh. how we can deal with that. And like, that's literally how we talk. And I'm sure it annoys other people so much. I am just like that because it, you're, you're right everything comes from how you were when you were a child. So it all unfolds later on. So it is so important to talk about that. And I think you're doing the right thing by talking about it. Some people- No, literally. Because if you figure out what's, it's not just about like fixing the anxiety or the depression or whatever. It's about figuring out like what started it. And like what triggers it. Yes. Cause then you could like really solve it and nail it down. But I'm sure guys get so annoyed at that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, let's sit here and talk about our feelings. <laughs> I know. Right. I'll, I'll like try to get them at a good time. I'll be like, how are you feeling? <laughs> so what's the best part? What's the best part of being engaged and the worst? 
Um, okay. Whew, that's a good one. I have never been asked that. <laughs> you got me. I got it. I'm trying to keep it real with the people, you know? No. Yeah. Oh my God. Best part about being engaged. I think just, I think the best part is that I met someone who's also my best friend. So, well, he became my best friend in the process. So I think that's the best part. Like someone who can communicate with you on the same level. The worst part, I don't, I don't think there's any super bad parts. I think the worst part is when you can't communicate properly and things get out of hand, but we've overcome that part of it and we're better at communication and being honest. So I think that that would be the worst part. Okay. That's good. I feel like every, with every guy though, honestly, it's. Oh yeah. It's oh, and the worst part is when you have to do the, his laundry all the time, but it's okay. Cause he cooks for me. So it's all good. Okay. <laughs> but do you think that that's an Indian or like not just Indian, sorry, Brown person problem? Oh, Cause yeah. I feel like these guys don't, they never learned household things. Yeah. Well, my fiance does everything but laundry and okay. 100% comes from the way he grew up because my mom made me do my laundry since I was 15 years old. So I was like, right. It's like, I know how to do laundry, but there's no way my brother does. <laughs> yeah. But the crazy thing is I don't know how to cook and my fiance loves cooking. So, okay. Yeah. That is a pro. That is a pro. And he cooks for me like without you like there that's the great I think that's the greatest thing when you marry or when you're about looking for someone to understand what each can bring to the table and if these things don't work then you can talk about it and get through but we always had understanding like if he cooks I'll clean if he does something I'll do this it was never like someone one up in each other it has to be equal and that's the main like that's what I'm so grateful for for having someone that truly believes like we should be equal. And I think that's so amazing. And it's wait, well, do you guys know your love languages? Yeah. His is physical touch and acts of service. And mine is words of affirmation and quality time. Okay. See, I love, I love you. I love that you know your love languages. Well, you know, what's awesome too. I read the book and then I was telling you read the book. Yes. I read the book and then I told my fiance and he surprised me and read the book as well. I was like, what? Wow. Okay. See another green flag. That is amazing. (laughs) Wait, I need to tell me about the book. Should I read the book too? Is it good? Yes. Because there's different types of quality time you like, and there's different types of like in each love language, there's different types of that love language and it goes into detail. I totally, totally like suggest that you read the book. It's okay, so I'm going to get it. Mine is acts of service. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I took the test. <laughs> it is. And like words of affirmation. Yes, words of affirmation. I think brown girls in general, I feel like words of affirmation are so big because our parents never gave us that. Yeah, so probably from our childhood trauma. That's exactly why mine is words of affirmation and quality time. <laughs> And then I think I see, I think it works both ways. Like you get love languages because you lack something and also for the things you enjoyed, like words yeah. of affirmation is probably one of mine because I didn't get that. And then acts of service. I love because that's how like my mom shows love. Like she does things. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, I liked what you said about like him showing up like as an equal and like giving you love in the ways that you need though. I read this thing that said that like, 
you don't need to like be perfect to be in a relationship or you know how they say like you need to love yourself first which you do but also like you don't need to be like a hundred percent healed if you're with somebody that kind of like supports your growth journey do you feel like that's that's how it's been with you guys oh my god let me tell you I did not love myself enough when I met him but he like helped me in that sense like to show he showed me that I am lovable and that helped my self-love journey so no you I agree with you you do not need to love yourself fully to be with someone but it is important to find someone that can help you find that with you. Yeah, exactly. I was reading, like reading something about that the other day and I like found it super interesting. Cause I'm like, that's true. Like nobody is like a hundred percent healed and you absolutely can't be like insecure or like not working on that because it will definitely show up. But if you're already working on that, you don't need to be perfect. You just need somebody that like supports you on that journey. Exactly. And that can understand that you are working towards that. It's not their problem. It's actually, you know, just something I'm working on. Just be patient. And that was like, that took us a year to get on each other's level. And it, it was very helpful to talk about those things. That's awesome. Um, I want to talk to you about your company though, because I think it's awesome that you like started your own company and did this like on your own and especially like pre quarantine or COVID or whatever. Um, what was that? Like, what were you scared to do that? Hell yes. I have been talking about doing something like this for so long. And then my fiance was like, why are you so scared? I was like, I don't know. What if no one likes it? What if no one buys anything? What if no one, you know, no one supports? And he was like, who cares? Just do it. You never know until you try. And I do, I do know my, my dad always said that you try and fail, but never fail to try. And I was like, okay, fine, let's do it. And I did it. And he knew the best thing was he knew a lot about starting a company because he had gone through the same process with himself. And I just, I did a lot of YouTube videos, a lot of videos on everything. And that's how I started. Wait, try to fail, try and fail. Try and fail, but never fail to try. Never fail to try. I love that. I'm going to use that. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's very true though. You will never know until you try and you never want to move on in life and think, what if I did that? What if I, yeah. And failure is completely okay. Yeah, exactly. We're going to fail, but did you try, you know? Yeah. So how, how has it been like your, how has it been not only like being a woman that's trying to start your own like brand and company, but like an Indian woman? Cause I know representation is like lacking. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I've, it's so amazing the support that I got. I mean, in the beginning, people were like, oh, you're not going to make it. And you know, the family BS and talking shit, you know how it is. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. But I was like, it's okay if I don't, at least I'm trying. That's all that matters. And, you know, there's always going to be noise. There's always going to be those negative fucking people that have nothing better to do with their lives. But it's been, it's been good. It's the support has been amazing. And when since I started, I saw I started connecting with so many other South Asian business owners, and it's so so amazing to see other women, especially brown women, like kicking ass. It's like yes, boring thing ever. And even when I feel like I'm not like doing enough or selling enough or I'm having a slow month, 
I just look back to those people and I chat with them and they're like, you know, it's okay. You know, there's going to be slow months. There's going to be slow progress, but don't ever stop because we, we got this. And I'm just like, so amazing. <laughs> What's so funny is when anybody is starting something, like you, there's always going to be hate because it's like oh, you're yeah. starting it. Of course, it's going to be small and like have rough patches and like take time to grow. But then it's like once you're big, everybody's trying to jump on the bandwagon. So it's oh, like you got to ignore the people that don't support you in yes. the beginning. Oh, yes. Because uh, I couldn't agree more. Because when I started, I would always get oh, but how are you going to make money? How are you? And I was like, it's not about the money right now. It's about starting and the message. The message is to be kind, not to your, not just to others, but to yourself. And I think the more I started doing that, the more I started saying that, a lot of people started resonating with it. And it was so amazing to see that. Yeah. You have to ignore all the negative energy, especially when you're putting positivity in the world. Yeah. And no matter what you do, there's always going to be that one person that has something to say. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um I love your like whole fitness thing too, like how it's like super inclusive and how you're saying like it doesn't matter what you look like. And also, I like that you like shout out other brown women um, because there's like a lack of them in the fitness world. Yes. yes. Tell me, tell me about like that representation. Well, when I started a few years ago, I never saw someone I could look up to. Uh, all the athletes, like Gymshark athletes, women's best, like all of them. You know were, what? I never noticed that until you said it right now, but that's so true. Like I've yeah, never seen were, like an Indian model for like any yes, of those fitness lines. So, oh, so fucked up. And then they get one and they're like, oh my God, we're so inclusive. No, you're not. Like, yeah. They'll have like nine, nine, <laughs> one is not nine, a like yeah, nine, nine white, white girls yeah, <laughs> and like one of any other race. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. So when I started, I would just look at them and then I was so hyper-focused on, oh my God, I need to look like this white woman. And I'm like, I think that took a few months, a few years to realize I'm a brown woman with natural curves. These people are working to get that. So I need to embrace all of me and tell other Indian women that you don't need to look a certain way to be justified as healthy. Healthy looks different on every single body, especially our Indian genetics are so different from black women, but from white women, from other other women. And so you have 100%. to embrace what genetics you come from. We have, it's so complex. Like the past year I've just been reading and researching and it's really hard for Indians in general to get fit. So it's to be like another woman, especially like a white woman who's skinny abs and all that. You have to remember, we grew up like eating oily food and fried foods. So yeah. it takes time to get the hang of things. So yeah. And you can't compare yourself to that standard of beauty. No, you, can't. Like, you can't get rid of like your curves if you have them or like, you, you know, like you, got, you gotta love, yeah. exactly. You gotta love your own body type. Yes. So that was my biggest thing. And then I just started following a lot of brown girls actually in the during quarantine I met a lot of brown girls in the fitness industry and I was like holy that's God, awesome there are so many of you but the only sad thing is that bigger companies aren't taking brown girls and I want that to happen like I want them to take 
like someone like me, I'm not like super fit where I have like a six pack or anything, but I am relatable to other women that look like me or feel like what I do is relatable. And companies need to start taking on people like that. I work out, I have a healthy lifestyle, but that doesn't mean I need to look like a freaking six pack model over here. Yeah, no, you're right. Cause we, we talk about like inclusivity and like all these things in even the fitness world or society so much right now. Yet, like when you look at advertising, it's still pretty much the same. So it's like, that's where we need to start, like with that messaging. And that's why it's, I've, I have dedicated my life to like just spreading this awareness that healthy doesn't mean you have to have a six pack. Healthy means you're taking care of yourself. Yes, 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 yes. Preach. Okay. Well, before you leave, I have like these five quick questions um, that I ask everybody. So my first one is advice to your younger self. Be patient. Everything is going to work out. Yeah. Everything happens when it's supposed to. Yes. That is 1000%. (laughs) (laughs) One thing. And the second one's one thing you hope for yourself this year. Mm, I hope to be more kind to myself. Love it. A misconception about yourself. Oof, that I can do it all. (laughs) (laughs) One thing you learned this past year. Oof, I've learned so much, but I think the biggest thing is I'm, I'm beautiful and I'm enough with who I am. That's a good one. And then the last thing that inspired you. Oof. Other brown women, to be honest. Other, yes. other women. Other women me. inspire me all the time. Oh, so much. Like, it's so amazing to see other brown women thrive. Like, oh, it brings me so much happiness. <laughs> yeah, there is room for all of us, and we need to help each other all get there. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, well, before you leave, shout out, like, plug everything. Shout out your, your company, your Instagram, all of it. Okay. My Instagram is at kp.fitstyle. Please follow me for some self-love health and fitness tips. And my company's name is at bekindfit. And yeah, check us out. Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much for being a part of Brown Queens for talking to me this week. Everybody follow us on Instagram at Brown Queens Pod. You know where to find all of our stuff. I love talking to you today. You have to come back um, in person when Jyoti and me are both here. Yeah. And you're in LA. Come by. We'll have like a real, a real session. Yes. I would love that. And thank you so much for having me. I know this was not as planned, but I'm so, so thankful that I got to meet you because you're amazing. I know. I love that you see, and you're amazing for, you know, just kind of last minute coming in, talking to me. It was great. I mean, why not? It's just like a fun thing to get to know more women in this industry. And I think that's so amazing what you're doing. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you.